Drive to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio. Solid, conservative, and just plain right. News Talk, 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. Hey, uh, Right Side Radio here. Phil Williams serving as your host Monday through Friday, 2 to 5. Uh, we like to say, as a guy said a moment ago, solid, conservative, and just plain right. We're going to go to Congressman Brooks here in just a minute. Before I do that, let me just tell you about my friends at Otter Creek Farm. If you're not familiar, Otter Creek Farm is like an oasis in North Alabama. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's got hundreds of manicured acres. Beautiful grounds laid out with beautiful facilities. They are a, a hunting destination. If you like to go pheasant and quail hunting, they've got the dogs, they've got the shotguns, they got the guides. They'll take you. But they've also got a culinary staff that will cook for you like you would not believe. You can also sit out by the infinity pool and have a nice something to drink and stare at the sunset because they've got overnight accommodations where you can stay. This place is so cool that Donald Trump Jr. stayed there not long ago. It is so worth your time. Otter Creek Farm. Go to their website, ottercreekfarmstead.com. See what you think. Well, listen, we're going to bring on a friend to the show, uh, Congressman Mo Brooks, representing uh, Alabama's 5th Congressional District since 2011, now running for U.S. Senate. But, uh, Congressman Brooks, thank you for coming on Right Side Radio again. We're glad to have you. My pleasure. Well, sir, I want to, I want to talk to you. Today we've been really unpacking, and, and I've sort of been ranting, about the extension of the um, eviction moratorium. Uh, now, you've got a legal background, as do I, and, and I espoused earlier in my monologue that contract law and you know, title to property are two foundational aspects of being a country that is you know, a nation of laws, so to speak. And it just appears the Biden administration chose to throw those out on their own and, and I'd love to get your thoughts on it first, but then I want to talk to you about what's next. Well, the Supreme Court is not as conservative as I wish it was. To me, this violates the Fifth Amendment due process clause, perhaps also the 14th Amendment to the Constitution when we have these eviction moratoriums, because that is, in effect, a seizure of the property of the landowner, the landlord, without due process of law and without adequate compensation for the taking of that land. So that's part of it. Another part of it is the economics. If landlords aren't paid rents as they should be, ultimately they're going to go out of business, which means ultimately those apartment complexes are going to shut down, which means ultimately everybody there is going to be evicted because there's not any water, there's not any electricity, the bills aren't being paid. The roofs will, over time, develop holes in them. And so it's very counterproductive long-term to do that kind of damage to landlords, knowing what the end result is going to be. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, and you, you just basically nailed the same things that I had said in my monologue earlier. But one of the things that I think is important, and I don't know if you knew this, I just kind of tracked down some stats uh, earlier. And uh, if you are to believe AL.com, uh, they have an article that says just a few months I ago. I don't, that, but go ahead. <laughs> totally understand. But they have an article that is uh, statistically driven, uh, and their stats did come from a uh, source that I'm not as keen on. But they do say that Alabama is one of the states leading the nation in renters who are behind on their rent, meaning that this eviction moratorium has the potential, if this article is to be believed, having a more adverse effect on Alabama than other states because there are more renters now also not being required 
to follow their contractual obligations, uh, meaning the landlords are just stuck with it. And these landlords... That is probably one of the reasons why this fight is being led by Alabama. Well, and that's true. And and I was going to ask you about that because there was a lawsuit filed by citizens or landlords from Alabama. And I read yesterday, although it's a story that seems to almost be suppressed somewhat uh, when you go online looking for it, that they are trying to reinitiate their their cause before the Supreme Court. What do you understand of that status? Do you know? Um, the Alabama Realtors Association and all those others who are involved in it as plaintiffs have filed a motion with the trial court. The trial court has ordered the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez side of the argument to court to file their brief no later than tomorrow. And then the realtors and all the other plaintiffs will have the opportunity to file their response brief tomorrow night. And I expect that we're going to get a court ruling either tomorrow night, Saturday or Sunday, perhaps Monday at the latest. And that court ruling is going to be the Supreme court has five justices who have concluded that this is illegal and Joe Biden, you cannot unlawfully seize the property of other people just because you want to give it to the people who might vote for you. So I, I believe that the Alabama Realtors Association is going to win. Well, and and be I, I hope that's true. I hope that's true, and I hope it's quick, because uh, I think right now it's to the point that um, I don't want to espouse panic, but I think there's there's panic right there in landlord land right now because many of them the, the the misnomer that is said often on the left is that the big property owners and and you know the 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 big wigs in corporate America it's not that way the vast majority of landlords are actually mom and pops some of them just inherited a property from their grandmother or whatever but a lot of them just have one two three small rental properties that they gain a little bit of residual income from and uh, and this is going to have a dramatic impact on the middle class if it's not rescinded quickly. Well, the tenants need to be honest. They need to keep their word. They need to uphold their contractual obligations. We have plenty of jobs right now that are going begging. Employers can't find people to work. But unfortunately, the socialists have created a disincentive to work. They have undermined America's work ethic. And now you've created a huge number of people who think it's the government's responsibility to pay your rent. And that's a problem. The government doesn't have enough money to pay everybody everything they need for everything. And if the government did, then who's going to deliver those things if nobody else is working? No one else is manufacturing it. No one else is transporting it. No one is at the retail stores selling it. Uh, the If you take the economic dogma of the socialist to the final result, it's horrific. But nonetheless, they persist because they think that's the easiest way to buy votes. Well, and, and, that's, and that's classic economics, of which you uh, are eminently qualified. I believe you graduated with uh, honors uh, uh, in it, with a degree in economics. Uh, that being said, uh, more to come on the issue uh, as we unpack it. But, but, the, but the, the dogma notwithstanding, uh, the, they've got government aid, you know, for whatever, you know, set aside all the conversations we could have about, 
the level of the CARES Act and, and whether it was necessary or just an opportunity to throw money at the world. All that to say, somewhere in the neighborhood of 44 or $42 billion has been set aside for rental aid, and I want to say that somewhere in the neighborhood of 7% has even made it to the private sector landlords at this point. So there's a complete failure of government to do what it said it was going to do in that regard as well. Well, that's part of the problem. But see, I don't believe that it is the government's function to bail out people who should be working supporting themselves. We don't Agreed. need more moochers. We need more people who are willing to work and who are also financially responsible and only rent apartments that they can pay the rents on. Agreed. And that that's that's a classic. And there's a story this morning on Fox that I cited in my um, uh, opening comments of a, of a gentleman who has three rental units in North Carolina, and one of them has refused to pay rent and won't even talk to him since last October, but he knows that that tenant has bought three boats since then. And, uh, and the tenant still called him when his uh, air conditioning went out and wanted the landlord to fix it. And, and, and that, that's the kind of madness that we're seeing. Now, are there probably some, some real case examples of someone who's going through a bad time and they're behind? I get it. That, that does happen. That's, that's a life. But, but the truth be told, uh, any number of these are people that have, have had every means, whether it be government subsidized or just go get a job subsidized, to pay their rent, and it's a contractual obligation they've choose to just uh, look aside from. And the Biden administration just appears to have zero interest in, in making this a nation of laws. Um, I, my theory well, is we've seen that politically, on the southern border in spades. Well, and that's what I want to talk to you about. As a matter of fact, I'm glad you brought that up, uh, Congressman. We're going to head into a short break. If you would stay on during the break, I'd like to shift gears altogether and talk about our southern border because COVID cases are coming across the border faster than anybody can imagine. Um, so, Congressman, hang on with us. We're going to come right back to this break in a minute. Folks, it's News Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN, Right Side Radio, where we are solid, conservative, and just plain right. We're going to talk about the southern border, at least where we used to have a border, with our Congressman Mo Brooks to see what he has to say right after this. We'll be right back. Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. Phil Williams here hosting Right Side Radio. Solid, conservative, and just plain right. I'm not going to skip a beat. We're going to go right back to Congressman Mo Brooks from the 5th District uh, here in Alabama. Uh, Congressman, let's shift gears for just a second. I'll just open this and throw it to you for, for comment. But So I see a report right now off the Washington Examiner that says that on the southern border, or at least what used to pose for a border, that 7,000 migrants were released into downtown McAllen just last week alone, and 1,500 of those tested positive for COVID. In other words, the catch and release uh, on the southern border, those they do catch, 1,500 of them in McAllen, Texas alone, positive for COVID. This is ridiculous. Well, it's not just ridiculous. It's dangerous. And as a little aside, I want to thank you for the well-timed commercial break. I was able to communicate with three different members of the Trump team <laughs> with three different communications and a former uh, chairman of the Alabama Republican Party about this Coleman rally. So things are really looking up on that. Uh, back to the border. Uh, yes, the Democrat hypocrisy shows no end. 
Uh, it's all right to go ahead and have your hair done, Queen Nancy Pelosi, uh, when nobody else can do it. It's all right to force us to wear a mask, except that, of course, you can take yours off whenever you want. And it is horrific that COVID-19 is doing as bad as it is doing in so many different parts of the country as you Democrats, Joe Biden in particular, import thousands of cases of COVID-19 from south of the border and then spread them across the United States of America. And and that's, and that's absolutely happening on a daily basis. So here's my question, Congressman. Now, granted right now uh, in the, in the current structure, we hope 2022 flips it in the current structure. The Democrats do have the majority in the house and, and, and barely in the Senate, but what, what is, what is the Republican party doing right now to push back on this issue in DC? Because this can't continue the way it is. The Republican Party is split. You've got people like myself who believe in border security, and we're willing to do whatever it takes to secure the southern border. I very much miss uh, Donald Trump in the White House in that regard. He was excellent on our southern border. Then you've got another part of the Republican Party that is in the hands of the special interest groups, uh, like the United States Chamber of Commerce or the Business Council of Alabama, the Home Builders Associations, those kind of groups that thrive off of the hiring of cheap foreign labor, whether it be legal or illegal. And those groups provide a large part of the money that a significant number of Republican congressmen and senators need in order to win election. And so there's some fealty by those congressmen and senators once they're in office to those groups that prefer open borders and cheap foreign labor, no matter the damage done to struggling American families. So that's the quandary we're in. That's, quite frankly, uh, that's a good symbolism for what we have in the Alabama Senate race, and that's why the voters need to figure out who the real conservative is and who the pretenders may be. Well, and I, I heard recently a, um, a, a, a great presentation in a small group setting uh, from a former uh, a member of the body there, Mark Meadows, who went on to be uh, uh, Trump's uh, chief of staff. And he talked about the fact that as a member of the Freedom Caucus, he and one other, I believe it was uh, Jim Jordan, uh, had written a memo that wound up going to uh, the, the president's desk and, and became a big feature within the Trump tax cuts. His point in telling the story, which was a fascinating story, was that it is still possible for single members of Congress, even when they're not in the majority, or when they're in the minority with their own caucus, for that matter, to still make a difference by making a lot of noise. And and, and I think one of the things that people are, are concerned about is we don't feel the same level of angst being yelled about on our southern border as we do about masking up for Huntsville City Schools or whatever else. And, and, and that's that's that dynamic has to change in dc and i wonder you're inside the bubble what do you see uh, in that regard up there well i agree with what mark said um, about that effort with jim jordan and some others Uh, mark and i are pretty good friends by way of example i gave him the first campaign contribution from a republican incumbent in congress when he first was elected and he also happens to have represented uh, my family stomping grounds a farm that goes back into the 1700s. One person can make a difference, but it sure does help under that circumstance that we have a Republican in the White House. Right now, who do you write letters to? You you can do it to beat the drum to try to help people understand how bad 
the Joe Biden administration is, but you can't do it in hopes of actually affecting public policy in the short term because Joe Biden is in the grasp of the socialist wing of the Democratic Party, and there's no changing that. Well, and I think that's evident by the fact that going back to that eviction moratorium we talked about earlier, I really believe that a big part of why Biden chose to go ahead and take the acknowledged risky step of of extending the moratorium was because he was getting heat from the squad who was camped out on the steps of the Capitol uh, having a uh, a sit-in of some type and, and not satisfied because they wanted more. And he thought, well, I'll throw it out there until the court says otherwise and just see what happens. He was doing that to placate the socialism base uh, of his own party. And I, and I, and I, would, I would assume you're correct with regards to the, the border. Um, all that to say, the mayor of McAllen, Texas, is beside himself and having to declare a localized state of emergency because he can't handle 7,000 uh, illegal immigrants being dumped into his town square uh, every week. And um, and where do they go at that point? Do you know, Congressman, by the way, we're hearing uh, various reports of illegal aliens being bussed or flown to different parts uh, of the nation. Have we seen any of those come to Alabama that we're aware of? I'm quite confident that they are in the state of Alabama. They're being shipped everywhere. I don't know of any reason why Alabama would receive some protection that uh, other states are not getting. Uh, this is a massive, massive effort. Um, if I recall correctly, it's about like the population of Birmingham every month or two. That, that's a lot of people illegally crossing our border at the request of the uh, socialists and the open borders crowd. Well, Congressman, uh, I, I certainly appreciate your time, and uh, you coordinated with me just as of yesterday afternoon when I sent a request for your, your comment on the show. You were, you were keen to come on uh, on short notice, and I know you're a busy man. Thank you for uh, what you're doing. Uh, I know that you're uh, out there running hard for U.S. Senate, but also still serving in your capacity as a congressman, and uh, we appreciate your time here on Right Side Radio. Thank you, Phil. Have a blessed day. All right, you too. Folks, that was Congressman Mo Brooks, uh, representing the 5th District of Alabama. Thoughts on the eviction moratorium and on the fact that we've got a porous border on the south side of the United States that really doesn't even look much like a border anymore. What happens when you're a country without borders? Are you still a country? It's a question worth asking. News Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. We'll be right back. <laughs> 